What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we sit down with Jamie Otis. And her husband, Doug Hainer, who you may recognize from Married at First Sight, the TV yes. show. She was on Bachelor, uh, the TV show. And they have their own podcast, Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. They're all over the place. They got a lot going for them. And... They're pretty fun. We had they a good conversation. Are. We had a great conversation. We got real, uh, more real and <laughs> in depth than we ever have. Oh, man. Um, you'll know what I mean when you get there. Yes. Uh, and then it's awesome. We actually, Jamie and I really connected because she is a labor and delivery nurse mm -hmm. before she went into like the whole TV world. And then on top of that, we talk about the fact that they literally got married at first sight and how that has shaped their marriage and their views of marriage and relationships. It's a it's a really fun conversation. Yeah, I learned a lot, actually, and it changed my perspective. I think that their experience is cool in a lot of ways. It is. I, I think they have so much wisdom for having gone through an experience that a lot of people haven't, mm -hmm. but maybe they should. Funny story, uh, I'll let Jamie tell the full details, but she was not super pumped at first sight. <laughs> yeah. Which, anyway. Yes. Uh, but now they have two kids together, and Doug's hilarious. I could talk to Doug all day. Jamie's great. You guys connected really well. And we are going to do a podcast with them on their show. Yes. Again, it's called Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. You can check that out. We'll link um, this in the description. But before we jump into it, if you haven't, Please subscribe to the show. Give it a rating. Uh, we love hearing your feedback. Uh, it was good. I feel like last week people shared their true feelings about um, our interview, and I appreciated that. Um, yeah, meant a lot. Anyway, continue to do that. Let's go ahead and jump into this one with Doug and Jamie. You had a second child since we last talked. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Five he was, months old? Uh, he was four. Uh, he was okay. Like, yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. Wow. I feel like it goes by so fast, right? Ooh. Yes. That is almost 20 pounds. Ridiculous. For real, though. <laughs> Big He's boy. 18, yeah, 18.1 yeah, pounds. That's Dang. amazing. Yeah. All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four-month-old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the colorful chemistry kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. 
we got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code COUPLE. Um, I feel like we're just gonna we're just in the conversation right now. Let's just yeah, keep yeah, it going. Okay. Just started the yeah. flip. Sorry, guys. I, I, I love it. I How much... Yeah, I thought she was so cute. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I do have to say, I think I've asked Andrew four different times. I was like, wait, we did a podcast with him? When? What? And then he keeps reminding me, I was full term. And yeah. yeah. I was in the delusional, like, wow. I don't know what's happening. I, yeah, I don't even remember that. What I think you ago. were the last human beings we talked to before Probably. before we met our little human beings. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I remember thinking this girl's a champ because like fucking <laughs> any day and she's yeah. sitting here chatting with us. So thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> that so fun. good to talk to you guys again and officially meet. I feel like I will remember this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so give us inside scoop. Is a second child way crazier than just one? <laughs> I don't want to say yes because I don't want to like discourage you, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my uh, you know what? You, you know what you can't plan for is the what your first child's gonna be like and do, because we we experience there's some level of regression. Everybody says it, but like we after didn't. The second comes. We didn't know that it was gonna be like like a lot of regression back yeah. and being quarantined oh. just, just created chaos. And it was trying to find balance as a family on where to spend time. The kids always on Jamie's boobs. So it <laughs> gave me some time to bond with my daughter and it's, um, yeah, it's it's just finding some balance between because, the two of them because yeah. you obviously yeah. want to show like you like you know it like Drew's like your whole world right like, yes with our whole entire universe yeah. and I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to show her the same amount of love and affection I was scared that she would notice it you know like yeah obviously I'm not going to be able to I have a newborn but I was like I just don't want her to feel like any sort of aban abandonment or neglection and obviously that those are some big words for having a second baby yeah. it's not like no that. you're literally speaking like everything that i've been thinking for the past few like months because we've been talking about like trying again uh, this, I, yes i'm like i'm going to abandon her if we have a second one she's gonna think i don't I, love her that, that, that happened though because i after because we we had found out that we were pregnant what was it twice um and we had a chemical pregnancy yeah and then mm -hmm. there was kind of a mis miscarriage and the initially I felt, I felt bad for my daughter. That was my first reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should have been like thrilled. I was just, I felt bad for my daughter. And I, I said this before, I was like, I, I didn't know if I could have, like, I had so much love for my daughter. It's like, how am I going to be able to love another human being the same? You know, it was just like this thing that was going on in my head. It was like, I love this kid so much. How, how can that, like, I, I don't, I didn't know if I could divvy up the, the love and make it seem <laughs> yeah. fair. Yeah, but, a lot but of, you're saying you've 
you're doing it. You got it. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I, 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 love, I hope he's saying that. No. I, I love my daughter way more than I love my son. No. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. I didn't know. I actually didn't know that. Like uh, the the first child having a regression because like is it a kind of a form of rebellion? I don't. I think that it's. I, I wouldn't want to say the word rebellion, but like I would say like seeking. Attention. Yeah, like seeking attention, yeah. and, and rightfully so because you know like they go from you doting on them twenty four seven to all of a sudden you're you definitely are divided. You know you mm -hmm. have no choice to be she legit went back to like goo goo gaga like saying that exactly yeah phrase. like oh wow she could, like, like say weird. five to ten word sentences yeah. all the time she carries a whole conversation and, and that and yeah. then she started going eh, yeah. eh, and like up 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 and i'm huh. like like yeah. you just turned three like, like where are your words oh it's really sad yeah it makes sense though because they're seeing a baby get attention because the baby is acting like a baby. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Sean, Sean, I don't know if you guys felt like this with Lady. Was Lady around before your daughter? Yes. So Sean like loves dogs. I love dogs, but she yeah. treats them like a baby. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to love a baby as much as I love the dog. And then I guess it just kind of happens. And then you have the baby and you're like, oh, Yeah. Well, Wait, I, I cannot. Okay, we have to talk about this for a second because it is okay. so true. So obviously, you know, we actually Doug loves our dog lady and she's just a little tiny like chihuahua mutt. She was a rescue dog. Yeah. Um, and and like, you know, you just think your dog is your whole world before you oh, have yes. your baby. And I remember vividly like sitting at the counter, holding my dog and like petting her and loving her. And someone saying, oh, you wait till you have a baby like that. You won't uh -huh. be anymore. Like you won't be holding your baby like, like your dog as a baby. And, yeah. and I was like, never, never. And yes. now, like the dog barks. I'm like, shh, shh, you can't yeah. I'm throw you out the window. Like, well. <laughs> 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 And then I remember before having our daughter, when people would say that, I would be appalled. I'd be like, they don't get it. They're not dog people. Right, they don't right. like animals like I do. And anymore, I'm like, oh, no, just whatever. I think it was, how old was Drew? Two weeks, three weeks, two or three weeks old. It was like the first day where we got her in her crib or like in her bassinet asleep. Like we had like some sanity to us. And- let Nash out our dog to go to the bathroom right before we were going to like try to take a nap slash go to bed. He comes back. No joke. Five oh, minutes geez. later skunked. <laughs> oh man. And I was like, I didn't remember what you were outside. talking about. And then I just remembered it. And that was so brutal. It was oh, the first gosh. time like in my dog mom, Oof. you know, reality that I was like, he's good. Fend for himself. I will <laughs> yeah. see him. If he yeah. is here uh, in the morning, you can say it'll be good. That's yeah, such a strong smell. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. oh, it's so bad. But um, yeah, wait. So I remember with Drew, I feel like four months was the turning point where we understood kind of what the new routine was. We understood what new sacrifices we were we would have to make as parents, and we kind of like settled into the routine a little bit. Do you yeah. feel that now that you're at that point with your second, like a similar thing? 
Yeah. To be very <laughs> honest, this is the point where with my daughter, with our first child, the one mm -hmm. and only, yes, we had like a routine. It was kind of starting to calm down a little bit. Like I, I was like, oh, I think that's a poopy cry. And like, I could tell yeah. it was coming kind of thing with him. I mean, I can tell the cry still, but we're just so it's so hard with two. Like, I'm like, I should have a routine. Like I, with Henley, I would like have this whole routine where I would like nurse her and rocker and singer, you know, sing her to sleep. And, yeah. and with him, I'm like, we don't have a routine yet. Like, does he have a routine? <laughs> like, it's just, Aww. I feel like it's all chaos with, with two. It is he's, so much more he's difficult. He's such an easy. But he is. <laughs> We're like, yeah. I think I thought our daughter, I like obviously loved her. I thought she was like an easy baby. I mean, mm -hmm. all my, everyone was like, she's not an easy baby. But I was like, oh, she's so sweet and easy. And now with my son, I'm like, wow, like she was a horrendous baby. <laughs> she was so fussy yeah. all the time yeah, and that's so funny. chill and cool. Like we yeah. don't have like much of a routine. I mean, I'm trying my we, best to have we one. Just, I mean, we decided that um, it was a tough decision to put my daughter in back in school. During like COVID, um, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So we, we came down to Florida in the beginning of the year to look for a place because we wanted to get a place down here and, and just to do an Airbnb. So we found a place in Florida at the time, and I guess maybe even still now, COVID was, this is like the worst state in the world for COVID <laughs> apparently. Um, and we had bought a house, but, so we had no choice but to come yeah. down here in the midst of it. But like with mm -hmm. me working and her trying to work and having, my daughter was just, I saw the regression and we weren't able to commit to homeschooling her. Like mm -hmm. we just both were too busy. And it's like, it was such an easy default to the tablet, watch yeah. your cartoons, whatever. And I'll <laughs> yeah. play with you in between. And we were just like, we have to get her back in school because she really took a couple steps back. And um, it's honestly freed up so much time. And yeah. that now we're starting to get structure back. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, where it's, it, you know, she gets home from school at like three and then it's time to, play and hang out and have dinner take a bath yeah. go to bed do all the we're things. trying to yeah. get the routine we'll we'll let you know how it goes in about a month right. <laughs> yes well uh, we're excited for you um <laughs> so how, the first how have you guys been doing with the the whole quarantine though and and or is, is drew staying home Did yeah so she's she's home with us and we've been home the whole quarantine yeah. um we've been really lucky that like our child care is my mom uh, awesome. so she's been coming over to the house ever since quarantine and we just kind of separate levels for like work and then home is on the first floor. So we've yeah. been, we've been lucky. We can't complain, but yeah. Yeah. That's Good awesome. That's really awesome. Yo, it's fun though. The parenting thing turns out it's really great. <laughs> it's really fun. It's so. pretty cool. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just when you think you got it down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got my daughter I got my daughter hitting off a baseball tee, so I'm happy. That's fine. Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Dude, I saw the playground that you found near the near your spot. It looks epic. You got the whole yeah, there's layout a couple there. down here. It's just hot as balls all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's but it's um there's a lot of people that are out. We still haven't made any friends yet. Um, yeah, we haven't made it. We're yeah. we're lonely over here in Sarasota. But, but, <laughs> if wow. everybody's around Sarasota, let us know. <laughs> For <laughs> listeners out there who also need right. friends, talk yes. to Doug and Jamie. Um, so listen, the first question we usually ask when we yes. interview couples is, "How do you? How did you two meet?" Oh. And you guys have a pretty spectacular story. I would yes. love to hear it from your perspective. 
sure. Yeah. So, um, well, we were married at first sight on um, that show called Married at First Sight. <laughs> lifetime. Knowing each other before you get married is so 2016. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we, um, yeah, so we met at the altar. We were complete strangers before we said, I do. I didn't even know his name. Although actually the day, like the day of, I was, you know, getting in my wedding gown and all the things and the producer accidentally said, Doug, like, <laughs> and, th and that's my husband's name, Doug. And so I was like, Doug, what's, what does that mean? Like, what could that possibly look like? And I decided Doug probably wasn't a good name. Like, what, like what? I don't know. <laughs> I was just so anxious and scared, uh, you know, to marry a complete stranger. I don't know. It doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> to be honest, I'm kind of with her though, Doug. I don't know about the name. <laughs> you should... I don't know what it does look like either. And then, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I think I was so overwhelmed that day, obviously. It was beautiful. She saw me at the end of the aisle and started to cry. And then... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Honestly, I feel like I had really high expectations, mm -hmm. which was quite silly considering I was marrying a complete stranger. Mm -hmm. But I just remember that, there, so there's experts who, so for those of your listeners who don't know what Married at First Sight is, it, it is a TV show. We were on season one on which Lifetime. Which is the best season. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we, <laughs> we season one's the best. We're just a little biased. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, so you, it sounds completely radical and it is, like don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. there is science behind it. And that was kind of like what kind of hooked me into it because I was having trouble dating. I was really, really awkward. Still am super awkward. <laughs> like, it was slated as a love experiment in the beginning. Yeah. And it wasn't until the last final casting call where they said, okay, here's the experts and they're going to do this intense background on you. You're going to be able to give us all your deal breakers. You're going to be able to say, this is what I imagine my partner as, and these are my values and this is what I want to marry. And based on that, they would match you up with someone that is perfectly compatible based on their algorithms. So yeah. for some people, it was like they just got up and left, like walked out of the yeah. room as soon as they said they that. They were like, yeah. this isn't dating, this is marriage, yeah. and you're asking me to marry uh, a stranger? You know, for yeah. Me, yeah, for <laughs> me, it was, it was too weird of a thing to pass up. You know, it's <laughs> like there's got to be a reason why I'm here um, and I stayed because I was starving and they had a great cheese platter um, <laughs> and fruit that was there. Yeah. And then I met the experts. Are you talking about at your wedding? They had a nice <laughs> cheese platter? Oh, no, like... At the final <laughs> call with all, there was all dudes. Ah, I got gotcha, you. They I were gotcha. introducing everybody. But, you know, the, the way that I looked at it was there, if I'm able, if you're going to follow my deal breakers and if you're going to follow everything that I say and you're going to get to know me personality wise, sexually, like just values, religion, like everything. And then you're going to match me with someone that's perfect to that. Like, why not? Like that just seemed like a great, like just a best experiment ever, you know, and you weren't guaranteed a match obviously, but you know, the person that they're going to find is going to be the person that you imagine in your head. Um, you know, it was like a no brainer for me. Yeah. So you're able to say your deal breakers and also like the experts, they aren't just like Joe Schmo, you know, off yeah. the street. They really were like, to me, they seem like they had great credentials. They were risking their own professionalism on the line, yeah. you know, they all had their own practices and whatnot. And so I felt really, and after you met them, I mean, I felt really confident that they weren't just trying to make some dramatic TV show because- yeah. I don't know if you know, but you know, I was on The Bachelor, and so that for me didn't really work mm. out. wasn't a great experience mm. per se. And I was like, I'm done with dating on TV. I don't look cool. Like no one's ever gonna want me. So and let's get married on TV. No. So, but like, so when when this came around, 
and they, they, it just seemed so much more authentic, you know, than The Bachelor. It seemed like they were genuinely trying to see if they could help, like, change that statistic of the 50-50, like, in America, 50% mm-hmm. end up in divorce, and they were wondering mm-hmm. if science could, you know, kind of like having this algorithm and matching people based on actual compatibilities, not just that spark, you know, at mm-hmm. the first sight or whatever, if that could actually have an impact in relationships. Turns out, I don't think that we're even 50-50 for the show Married at First Sight. We're season, we're going on season 12 now. Um, crazy. So yeah, and I don't think that even 50% have stayed married, but we stayed married. <laughs> it worked for us, so, <laughs> yeah. so that's cool. Uh, yeah, so, so to go back though, on our wedding day, um, I feel like we've jumped all over the place, but that was the whole casting process, what kind of got us <laughs> into it, each of us. And, yeah. um, and I took it, obviously, like I was... I took it very seriously. Like I really believed that maybe this could be how I meet my husband. And I, I just thought that it wasn't like, I didn't, it wasn't like the bachelor. It just seemed so yeah. real. And so I was like, this is how I'm going to meet my husband. And the, the, like the professionals, they all like the experts, they were all like, Oh, this guy who was a stranger at the time, he's so great. You're going <laughs> to love him. And so then, you know, sitting there in my wedding dress, I'm like, this guy, it's going to be Brad Pitt. Like he's going to be so great. I'm going to love him. And then I look down and I'm like, that's the Doug. And this is, I have no chemistry. I don't feel any like happiness. There are no sparks. I'm in my wedding gown and like my mom's there and my nieces and nephews, like we're like the ring bearer and the flower <laughs> girls. And this is my real wedding. And I don't know this guy. And I freaked. And, and that, I, that so literally in the clip, Doug, not to be brutal to you, but she, you say something, Jamie, like you were like, you didn't feel anything or anything. you said something along those lines. I mean, like, I didn't want to pretend to be, this is the thing, is that like, I didn't want to pretend to be some happy bride because we were like making a TV show. I didn't want to pretend to be in love because now I'm married to him. I wanted to be honest about, I didn't really think it was going to work out. And I didn't want, I don't know. I just had, I felt like I had to be honest and I wasn't immediately I didn't think it was going to work out because I just didn't have that feeling, you know, like you don't know yeah. you do your wedding day and you envision some sort of spark or chemistry. Yeah. And <laughs> I think I did. I mean, clearly looking back, I had like high expectations. I should have just hoped for like a nice guy smiling at me, not like <laughs> Brad Pitt. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I was smiling ear to ear. Yeah. Oh, he was he had the biggest <laughs> grin. He was sweating profusely. <laughs> well, Cause you, you, you know what, you know what it I'm is. I'm with you there, Doug. Yeah, when it's, it's when it's when we go, you know, and I I appreciated her honesty uh, in a way. Even I, I I never saw it as um, like she just didn't find me attractive or she just wasn't into me. I didn't see it like that. I was like, all right, well, this person's like a real person. Like she's not gonna try yeah. to just fake it. We both said, you know, be the same person on and off camera um, from there. But um, yeah, it was just I I had I had something to say and I just lost it. Well, no, I think well, I could, yeah. oh, go ahead, John. I was to say, so I'm curious. I have a million questions about this. Now yeah. I need to go back and watch this whole season because I'm fascinated now knowing you guys. Um, you guys get married for the show. Yeah. What, what happens? Because you guys are complete strangers. Right. So like, how do you even begin to get to know your <laughs> husband Right. Who? So yeah. So it was. Um, and I and I'll I'll get to that. So just real quick, it the hardest part to get over was was whether this was going to be a for real sort of experiment or not. Yeah. Um. 
And so when you, when I gave my deal breakers, I was like, you know, I like to stay in shape. Um, I would hope my wife would also like to stay in shape. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not into, I'm not into redheads, nothing against redheads, but just like, I'm not into that. And then, you have a redheaded were, baby yeah, right now. There were other yeah. things that may make me seem racist, but like the, these were my deal breakers for, you know, for someone. Yeah. And, um, so the ring bearer and, and the flower girl come out, they are just straight, like beyond gingers. Uh, <laughs> like little kids. her, her sisters come out and they're not, I mean, they're a little heavier set. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But they are just heavier set. And and so and my I see, I see my dad and my brother going like this. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. Um, and then she walks in, which was uh, amazing. But so we had the awkwardness of meeting, saying hello, finding out who are. What, what Literally are said, hi, I'm Doug. As yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's actually how my daughter got her name Henley. And I'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, but the experiment is going to document you for six weeks. So okay. it's gonna, you're, you're going to sign the marriage certificate. You're going to go on a honeymoon. So it was like four days on a honeymoon. You're going to come back, you're going to move in with each other, and then they're going to document everything. You don't have to take off work. They're going to work around your work schedule. They want it to be a real life marriage documentary type. And we knew when they were filming, they, we had, you know, like a whole schedule that was there, which was filming pretty much almost every day for the six weeks. And we would get to know each other as we go through. And they didn't have, we were the first season, they didn't have a template to work off of. They didn't know mm -hmm. what was going to catch on publicly and what was going to be popular or whatever. So Mm -hmm. They filmed everything. They yeah. let us be ourselves. Like we didn't have to say or do anything. It was just like, yeah, no, we're just going to put a camera here and just watch, <laughs> yeah. watch you guys as you go through. And, yeah. um, you know, turned out that it worked out pretty well for, I think the yeah. show, um, you know, being as yeah. long as we've been on. Yeah. But no, I feel like Sean, like, I guess like what caused at least for me to like become mm -hmm. attracted to him was really so at dancing, our wedding. My dancing. <laughs> Definitely not as dancing. <laughs> uh, well, no, like he like truly won everyone over at our reception. So of course, all my friends were like, "Are you crazy? Like, are you really married? Yeah. Like, is this really legally binding?" And I was like, "Yes." Like, but trust me, I don't feel. I feel like if you met the experts and if you understood this process, you wouldn't think I'm crazy. And they're like, "You can't tell me anything that's gonna make yeah. me think that you're not crazy." But I really like had this gut feeling for some reason so anyways we're at the reception and at this point i had had like a panic attack and i was like everyone was right i'm wrong this was a bad idea i take it back i don't want to be married to him and at the reception so you I, already married yeah uh, yeah yeah we said i do like i went like literally going down the aisle i was like i felt like i couldn't back out now kind of thing yeah sitting there staring at me and so i'm like i do and i literally give a thumbs up like that like <laughs> This is, yeah. and so then like you know we have to take these pictures for you know for the yeah. show i'm assuming because i'm like well you're making me look like I'm, photos that's yeah, why i said photos. i didn't have like I, like this, well i love how reality tv can clip things because i was like i'm not attracted mm -hmm. to him please don't make me like pretend that we're in love because they're like kiss him and i'm like i don't even know this dude like i'm not making out with him but but um, did you though no. no. Oh my no, God. You didn't. I'm okay. telling you, I was no, let, let very say, real on this. Four days later, she touched my penis. That is true. What? <laughs> 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 oh my God. That's it. So fast forward. Oh gosh, Doug. But to get there, 
Like, I feel like you were very charming and clearly funny and just a sweetheart, like, during our reception. And I was like, well, he's not uh, a child. I'm a friend. <laughs> and um, oh, I told, so I, and we're, like, leaving the reception and I'm talking to my girlfriends and they're like, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I think I might put a pillow in between us because I'm just so uncomfortable. And they're like, Jamie, give him a chance. He's so sweet. And I was like, you just told me this was a bad idea. Like you're the one that told me not to even do this. And now you're like, give him a chance. He's so great. Oh, look at him. He seems so wonderful. And I'm like, like what? So I think that kind of helped bring my walls down that that my friends and family were able to see something that clearly I wasn't able to through all the tears. (laughs) And um, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have ever watched a Black Mirror episode or maybe even The Social Dilemma where they kind of like uh, humanize mm-hmm. the algorithms that computers have. I feel like you guys kind of were that for like these dating yeah. apps, which I I used to be super skeptical of dating apps. But then like you actually look at, wait, they are able to gather a lot of information. Yeah. People's deal breakers, people's like th- preferences, the whatever experts, that is. And, one of the experts, and, Dr. Pepper, um, it sounds like a meme. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, she, she's uh, um, what was she a psychologist? Or she's a sociologist. sociologist. She was part of the um, creating the algorithm for some of the dating sites. So that mm. was her background. I so that was match. Yeah, Doctor Pep. Doctor Pep. Yep. Nice. Well, and sorry, I interrupted you. Well, I was just thinking, like it. It is cool, though. Part of marriage you do go in blind. Like, I don't know who Sean's going to be. I don't know. Like, I don't know if, even if we dated for two years, like maybe there's some deep, dark secret or weird habit that I didn't know about. Um, and the fact that like, like what you said, I looked up the stats from your, I think there's three couples and one got divorced after four years and one ended up not staying married after the eight weeks or whatever. Yeah. From our you guys. yeah. 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 So then you mentioned like you had, um, like you truly believe that it could work. And I feel like that's kind of just marriage. Like you just yeah. got to have that optimism almost. Yeah. And, and then, and know. then it works out. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you have to work at it, whether you, yeah. regardless, you could be smitten with somebody, get married yeah. and, or even before you end up getting married, if you're like traditional and date first and are engaged and you're just <laughs> traditional and date first. That's <laughs> well, traditional. Yeah. I was going to say, that's probably, there's something, like he was saying, there's something to that of you guys both were optimistic that the compatibility algorithm was going to match you. So was, has there been points within your marriage since then, which has been seven years? Yeah. Six and a half. Yeah. Which amazing. Congratulations. Have, (laughs) Have there been points where, you know, every marriage goes through like peaks and valleys of like, oh, I just don't like you today, but I love you tomorrow, whatever. Have you gone through times where you're in a valley of like, oh, I don't like you, but we're compatible. Like, did that give you any confidence within your relationship to say, oh, we should make this work because it can work? That's it. I feel like that was day one for me. (laughs) Like I, I, it really was day one. And then, you know, as I got to slowly get to know him and like, we just talked and talked. I mean, obviously there, I didn't even kiss him for, I don't know, I guess a, a couple of days. We didn't, we didn't even kiss because I And was then like, on day four, Jamie. 
<laughs> and I, I don't know what it was day four. It was actually the end of our honeymoon, so that would be like day seven. But within, I would say solid within a two month, two weeks, I definitely, like I, I was, I really, really liked him. Like, and I think that it was, the kicker for me was that we, well, there's a few different things that are kind of bizarre, but the first thing is that the morning after we got married, we go out to get coffee and we got married in Manhattan. And so it was March. So it's really mm-hmm. cold. And my nose tends to drip in cold weather. I don't know if that happens <laughs> to anybody else, but like, it just like drip. Like, I don't get it. Don't ask me why it's a little embarrassing. It's fine. It's not a big deal, but it was dripping. And he was sitting right next to me. We're, we're in the taxi cab. Um, at this point, like we just got the coffee. We're hopping in the cab to go down to actually sign our marriage license. And wow. um, I'm sitting in the middle. Our producer is sitting next to me, and then he's oh my gosh, to the right of me, and he's like, "Oh, you got a little, you know, a little." And he's like pointing at his at my nose, like, and to me, that I don't know, it meant a lot to me. He like didn't let me run around with like a drippy nose, you know, with like snot hanging out of my nose. He was like, mm. "Yeah," and I don't know. To me, I was like, "Okay, that's cool that he's like not weirded out by it or grossed out." I don't know. Like, it just it just seemed nice to me that he was able to tell me I had, I needed to wipe my nose. <laughs> and then, um, at the courthouse, um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know my father for a really long time. I have it's blank on my birth certificate. And so to, that's always been like a very sensitive subject to me for probably obvious reasons. You know, like my mom, mm-hmm. I had four paternity tests and they were all negative when I was a kid. And so it's just always been a, like a sore subject, nothing I'm proud, you know, nothing I was ever proud yeah. of. And of course, like, at this point, like I'm, I'm slowly, like I'm, t- I've been talking to him. I'm slowly starting to like him and we're at the courthouse and they like pull me back to like verify that I indeed do not know who my father is because to mm-hmm. them, it looks sketchy AF that the, the dad's mm-hmm. line is just blank, which I guess I get, you know? Um, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine I'm the only one who doesn't know my father, not but, nervous. but, uh, any case. So they, they said, you know, are you sure this is you and da da da. And I, I get it. They probably go through. Yeah. Like, or whatever, but I didn't get it at the time and I was mortified. And so of course, Doug is just sitting out there waiting for me while I'm like proving that I am who I am. And just like, didn't really even ask questions. I come out and obviously to me, this was like a really big thing. I was really embarrassed and like kind of shy and ashamed about it. And just, I kind of, and obviously he doesn't know anything about me. So I have mm-hmm. to kind of fill him in that, <laughs> that this is like kind of who he married and like the kind of baggage, I guess, that he married into because um, you know, like I, I had also like gained custody of my siblings. It kind of like spiraled down a path of sharing all mm-hmm. these things. And so, so anyways, we go back out and he was just so, I mean, I didn't even have to explain myself. Like I felt like I had to, but I did, he just like accepted me and didn't, I don't know. I just felt so comfortable. We go out, he like buys me some flowers from the, the guy on the corner. We hop in the cab and go back <laughs> up. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he's so cool. Like he just so nice and friendly mm-hmm. and I don't know, accepts me and my warts and, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, so to answer that question, again, she doesn't have warts anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say, I didn't know you had warts, but they, Doug said it better. Doug said the joke better than I did. I'm going to stop. I'm done. I, <laughs> my bad, dude. Oh, Andrew's digging, I, him, <laughs> digging himself a grave. Um, uh, I think, I mean, a lesson that could, everybody could take away from you guys, which I think is a really, really beautiful thing is, from day one, you kind of just accepted that you're going to give it a shot with someone, whether you, I mean, you, you knew nothing about them. And I figure, yes, I feel like the, the biggest mistake people make on a daily basis. We have, we even have really close friends who do this all the time who are so desperate to find someone, but yet they're so easily able to say, Oh no, like 
she's too old or he's not this or she's not that. And it's like, but if only you got to know them, it could work. And And then you go through 10 years of that, you end up never marrying anybody. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's true. It's I, I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like, I don't know, at least my own lesson was like, I clearly would judge books by their covers and I wouldn't mm-hmm. like get into the deep nitty gritty part of it. And how many books are amazing if you don't judge their books, you know, judge them by their yeah. cover. And um, yeah, I so I totally that. agree. That's like the biggest lesson that I learned from my own marriage. <laughs> You've been on national television a couple of times oh, yeah. and been pretty public with your, I guess, personal life, I guess. And it hasn't yeah. stopped since though. You've no. continued to share really <sighs> sensitive things on your podcast. Has there ever been yeah. a point where you're like, I don't know if I like sharing all this personal stuff or are you just committed to it because you see some positive? You know what it, you know what it is? Um, we, the people that have been with us and kind of the, the friends that we have, um, they've been with us since we've been together. So like this whole community, it's, it, it was almost like they knew us when we first knew each other, you know, and they watched us every step of the way. And they've supported us. The and-, whole, and I mean, it is, it is truly a community that supports one another wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody on social media is always nice, um, <laughs> but it was, it, it it, it was, you start to, and Jamie is way better at sharing than I am, like way yeah. better putting it out there. And you start to realize the people that you're connecting with are having the same struggle, same issues, same, you know, it's like when you humanize everything and you tell, you kind of show people that, that you know, this, this is okay. This is what you can overcome. This is what you can achieve. Or it is, you hear their stories. I mean, mm-hmm. the first time yeah. that I had no choice but to be public about something, uh, was when we lost our our son Jonathan, and we, I had just announced on the Today Show, and then like a week later we lost him. And I, I mean, what do you do at that point? You know, like you have no choice but to say, you know, that you and that, that I lost him. And and so the amount of women who flooded my mm-hmm. inbox with their own stories and their messages of support and love, I mean it was at a time that I, like my husband, everybody copes differently. Like he literally goes back to work and I can't get off the couch, you know, like mm-hmm. I like can't get my teeth or get in the shower and he's, you know, everyone copes with and like with that, that type of thing differently. And so for me, I felt very isolated and alone during that time. I didn't know anybody who'd ever had a pregnancy loss. And so I had, I literally sat on the couch, like just bawling and just feeling so alone and desperate for some sort of connection. And then randomly these, like these people will just flood me like my email inbox like they got my email and I'm like wow like it just and then the, and then others saying that like they heard my story and it made them feel less alone and I'm like wow like that was the first time that I realized that I know that social media can be definitely you know a little intrusive and people can have their opinions but it can be such a blessing in a way to like I guess like the first intent of it was to be able to connect people so that they, they don't feel alone and it's a wonderful way to destigmatize situations that are considered ta- like taboo and i mean i know that you guys obviously know about that as well um i'm sure i'm i don't know if like you have the same experience or not but for me it felt like being able to 
to talk to somebody who went through the same thing that I went through and to understand that I'm not the only one feeling like this and to, and to even hear that like, it's not your fault, you know, those types mm-hmm. of things. It just, it just really meant a lot to me. And so then from there, I've, I've been, I, I've almost like made a vow not to hide and shame. I mean, even the whole thing with like not knowing my dad, there was no reason for me to ever be so ashamed of that. Like, that's not my mm-hmm. fault. And because I hid it, for so long with that, like, with, like, in, like from my friends in school, I mean, I wouldn't let, invite anybody over. So my mom, you know, she has dependency issues. She's, she's, a, she, she is a recovering drug addict. And, um, we lived in like, you know, some beat up homes to say the least. And I wouldn't invite anybody over. I wouldn't let anybody know. And I would just like paint the smile on my face and like, just mm-hmm. pretend that life was good because I was so embarrassed. And I realized, and also even on the bachelor, like I never told a soul of those like not one girl I told like kind of like what the situation would be like if I ever made it to hometown dates. I don't know if you guys, mm-hmm. you know, show. <laughs> I was like, I can't really bring him home. Cause I live in a trailer in a trailer park and I have custody of my sisters. Like that's not, I don't think he's going to be like, let me marry that one. <laughs> and I also went on the bachelor, like super excited, like kind of hoping that it could be like real love. I was so, so naive. I, we didn't really have cable and whatnot. I never really watched the bachelor before going on it. If I had known that it could have been super fun, if I just let it all go, you know, like that's the thing is you don't have to hide with what you consider are your flaws or what you think is so shameful, like let it out because there's someone else who thinks that it's shameful as well. And turns out it's really not that shameful, whether it's, you don't know your dad or, you know, you have a pregnancy loss, it's not your fault or, um, Mm -hmm you know, anything of, anything of the nature. I mean, I have HPV. That's like the newest thing that I feel like everyone's like, you know, but I'm like, so does 80% of the population don't hide that. Like, let's talk about that and like, feel like figure out how a, we can support each other and B how we can like get rid of that ish, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Preach Jamie. <laughs> I I mean, everything you said hits home with us. We, when we had our first mis- miscarriage, we did the same exact thing. I always say that it was the first time in our lives and kind of careers that social media didn't seem like a one-way platform. I thought social media was just to share and just, you know, you're sharing to the world and not talking to people. And then when we lost our first baby, I was the same way. I didn't know how to cope. I just felt like I couldn't get off the couch and ended up going to YouTube and posting a video. And Andrew was very hesitant about it because he's like, this is very vulnerable. I don't know if we want to do this. And I said, no, I just, I really need... I need to post it for some reason. And I would sit there for hours and hours just bawling, reading people's messages as women would be like, thank you for sharing this because I can't get off my couch right now because, you know, it's the same thing. So it it is. It's a really eye-opening experience to social media. I I feel like you guys, as well as us, we get asked all the time, well, why do you share so much? And it's like, well, because what we go through on a daily basis as parents, as spouses, someone else needs to hear and we need to be able to read their stories as well to stay human. Well, plus if you have a platform to make a difference, you know, Mm -hmm. leverage it, use it, you know, use it to, to help. And, you know, we, I, I, I don't know what would have been, what it would have been if we were just on season one and then that was it. Like we had Mm -hmm. two spinoff seasons after that. So people carried with us for like our whole almost first year, together and we put pretty much everything out there yeah. <laughs> um, you know and even now the the show that that we're on now on lifetime with couples cam i mean it's 
us with a video camera yeah. videoing our family life and our sister pooping on our, our sister, our daughter pooping on the floor. <laughs> Which I'm like, please um, don't air that. Like, yeah, yeah. Rub, rubbing a milkshake all over her. And, but you know, us going to the beach. I mean, it's, you know, it's, we, we've put a lot out there and, and I think people appreciate it. Yeah. But honestly, like I appreciate them so much for like, mm-hmm. for, like Sean, like when you can just sit there and you feel like you have no one to talk to when you're going through something and then they reach out to you and like share like for you, YouTube comments for me, it was like Instagram. They would DM mm-hmm. me my email or even just comment on my picture or, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, there's definitely, it's, it's nice. It doesn't have to be just this murky place that's I feel like it's portrayed as a negative spot often and it definitely can be, but yeah. it can also be really, really like a blessing to, to, to our lives, to yours, to mine, and to those who follow us. It's funny. I feel like real quick, I feel like with social media anymore, um, it's almost like my new Google. I swear once yes. a day, oh I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, wait, okay. I don't know. I don't know how to feed Drew out of a new bottle. And I'll be like on Instagram I'll be like, guys, what do I do with this bottle? And then in two seconds, someone responds like, oh, you do this. I'm like, and the best thing about it is that you have multiple different people. Cause I do the same exact thing. I'm like, uh-huh. what's your opinion? Cause I don't really know. Yes. And you have multiple different opinions. And so then you can kind of like weigh it out. Like what works for you? Like you don't necessarily, you know, like you're like, okay, well this person says this and this. Oh, and then you can like make it your own, like take what you can from each uh-huh. person. Awesome. And then you're like, oh, well, he's a doctor or she's a nurse or whatever. And right. it's like, okay, yeah, this is great. It's literally Google mom, for me. So she as a parent. knows because she's a real life mom. And she, has <laughs> yes. a kid, so she probably knows better than anybody. Or this person <laughs> yes. has a cat as their picture and three followers. So we exactly. Or this person's name is Karen. So we probably shouldn't listen to her. So we'll let her be Karen. And, right. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jamie, I'm curious. So you, you are a nurse. Uh, you we're a fo- you were a foster mom. I'm curious what made you want to be a foster mom? Why'd you, why'd you see that as an important thing to do? And uh, what lessons did you learn? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like I said, I ended up gaining custody. So my mom, so what happened was my mom had a real tough time paying the bills because she was you know, a drug addict. And uh, at the time I was, I mean, this was all throughout high school, really. Um, it wasn't really bad when I was, when I was really young, but I have, I have three younger siblings. And so like to guess to make a long story short eventually she ends up getting evicted to the point where they i mean she was evicted 10 times and she just wasn't leaving and so they like literally were like locked up the doors and were like you are not coming back to this house and so um i ended up like renting this small little trailer from my grandparents actually and like just prior to my mom getting that eviction notice like for the last time, I suppose. And she came over, my mom had come over and said, Hey, you know, I have no place for the kids to go. Like they can't get off the bus, you know, at this, uh, our, this trailer that we lived in. So can they get off the bus at your house? And, and like, that's kind of how I ended up, you know, taking care of my siblings was they just got off the bus and my mom went, you know, she, she disappeared a lot. Like she would just go places and do things. You could never get a hold of her. And that was the first time I realized, like, I don't know. Um, just like, oh, I feel like I'm going to get emotional. It's definitely hormones from, from nursing, I feel like. But it's just, I felt like I, I was a bit selfish for, first of all, for even just leaving my siblings in that trailer because there were like holes in the floors and the ceiling was leaking. There was no heat, no electricity. I mean, it was a disaster zone. And I, I remember thinking to myself that I wanted out, like I wanted better for myself. And so that's when I asked my grandparents if I could rent their trailer from them. And um, 
And I left my siblings there without like real, like it just, I just feel selfish for that. But anyways, so my mom, so I, so long story short, my mom ends up having them get off the bus at my house. I ended up having them. And I read this book called they cage the animals at night. And it's a, a book about this little orphan boy. And so if you, if you ever, you know, want to read a book that'll make you cry, you could read that. And I just remember thinking if I, if I hadn't, it, first of all, like been old enough to take care of myself and my siblings, like we could have been in a foster care system and what would have happened to us. And so I, I don't know. I just felt like if just really like tug on my heart that I become a foster parent to help more kids who, I mean, we were, I just remember like everybody thinks that like foster kids are so bad and like, you know, they're just going to cause ruckus and they don't have parents. So they run wild. And it's like, not every kid who doesn't have parents is going to turn out to be, or every kid who has parents who are drug addicts, I should say, or, or like, you know, parents mm -hmm. who aren't as interested in them, or maybe you grow up in a trailer park. That doesn't mean that you are going to turn out to be a drug addict as well, or that you're going to live off welfare the rest of your life, just because you, you know, you grew up like that. And I wanted to be able to, to like help kids who, like who, who, who are like growing up the same way that I did, you know? And mm -hmm. I just, I guess I just knew that it didn't have to be that way. And so that's kind of how that happened. It's pretty amazing, Jamie. I feel like, um, when I look back at my ancestors, my grandpa was the, the pivot person from being born to an alcoholic in the slums, like easily could have let life circumstances take him down a similar path, but he changed like you didn't learn good parenting. It doesn't sound like necessarily from your upbringing. Mm -hmm. uh, but now yeah. your babies, your guys's babies will, which is really cool. Yeah. You're literally the pivot for your family and your, yeah. oh, and not, yeah. not to make that sound harsh on your mom, but uh, you know, yeah. just because now I'm sensitive towards my mom, because now I'm a mom and I'm like, geez, yeah. I mean, not for nothing. She did raise me. Like right. I didn't have yeah. Yeah, me, yeah. And I am who I am. So, and that's not, and I've had, to come, five of you. I had right. to come to peace with that. Like there was a very long time I was bitter towards my mom yeah. for like many things. But, um, but I'm, I'm realizing now that my mom, that we all, we all have a story and my mom had a really rough go at life. Yeah. Like, she, mm -hmm. she had a tough time. She had very poor coping mechanisms and, um, it doesn't make it okay. Like my siblings are still a little more, a little more bitter sometimes than I am. And they're like, yeah, but we didn't really, we were in worse situations mm -hmm. than she was and we made it out. But I feel like you can't look at life like that because if you do, you're just going to be a negative negative, like Nelly your whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Like my mom had a rough go. She had very poor coping mechanisms. She didn't have any support system. I was fortunate that she dropped these kids off in my lap. And I literally went to the, I remember I was in college and I, I was a freshman and I was like, what? I was at a community college though. So I was like, I don't have four years to try to get some degree and mm -hmm. I have to try to then pay back and try to take care of my siblings on top of it. I'm like, what degree can I get from this community college in two years? That's going to pay me more than minimum wage. And they said nursing. And that's kind of how I became a nurse. And, and that's how I learned that my mom has like genuine mental, like mental mm -hmm. illness and you can't judge her for it. And so mm -hmm. I feel blessed in a way um, that my mom did the things that she did like, like full, full circle because mm -hmm. that's what led me to who, like where I am today. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and her brothers and sisters, I mean, they, you know, from a situation like that, they, they're all very normal. Um, <laughs> well, but, like, normal. but I mean, like in, in the sense that they've, they've, they didn't fall to any yeah. of the bad habits. Mm -hmm. yeah, really families, we have such a great extended family. And mm. anytime that we go up there, there's nieces and nephews. And it's just, it, it, 
it's yeah. amazing what they all came, how they all came out considering what mm -hmm. they all started with. Well, all, all credit to you. Um, that's a pretty amazing story. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys so much cause you're very good at communicating like mm -hmm. just period, I guess you're just really good at expressing <laughs> yeah. your thoughts. So hats off. I'm, I'm envious in some ways, I think. Well, and I think everything you guys have gone through, you're literally a modern day relationship in every way, shape and form because you got married on TV at first sight, <laughs> um, which is very modern. Um, but you guys have gone through so much and a lot of the different topics we've talked about on our podcast is marrying in or dating into baggage and relationships and everything that comes with it and not, um, not giving up about or not giving up on a relationship and making sure you work for it. And just like everything, you guys are truly like the epitome of that, which is really, really cool. So tell us about your mission though. You, I mean, you intentionally named your podcast, your show, Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. What are you trying to achieve there? Like why, why that concept? Well, the whole idea is kind of like, it's a, it's a mockery. It's a joke. Like we don't mm -hmm. necessarily always have a hot marriage and we definitely aren't always cool parents, <laughs> but you know, we're all just, we're just figuring this out. Our like, as we go along kind of thing. Um, it's almost like, uh, like therapy. Oh my gosh. Do I feel like your podcast yeah. is like therapy. Like, you know, it's 100%. almost like, we, yeah, we, we, yes. bring up, we bring up interesting topics and speak with people that are directly, directly have an effect on either how we're feeling or what we're doing. And it's a way for us to just air it out and leave it out there without yeah. having to sit here, just looking at each other and having the same conversation. It's, you know, yeah. let's, let's bring people into and be that, you know, be a fly on the wall with everything. And it's, you know, we, we didn't have, and I mean, we learned very quickly how much work goes into a marriage. Um, same thing with parenting and, you know, we had our struggles going through and having to go to therapy, which lasted a couple of weeks. But I mean, even having, yeah, well, I mean, but, yeah, but having, <laughs> you know, like, even while she was pregnant with Henry, like we were in the worst place possible. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Where if, if we didn't have, if we weren't pregnant, I don't know if we would have made it to here. Yeah, um, that's very true. You know, and, but, yeah. and it was just, there's a lot of experience in that and there's a lot of stories to tell in that mm -hmm. and yeah. it helps us. Yeah. <laughs> it helps us with communicating. Yeah. I feel like, uh, we love the podcast because it does, it's like a therapy session. It helps keep us connected, but also it keeps us kind of, um, held accountable yeah. because everyone who's listening, you know, they have, they have, you know, input, like for example, the other day I said a normal vaginal birth and someone said, I wish you didn't call it a normal vaginal birth because a C-section is then not considered normal. And I was like, okay, right. You're right. So I'm sorry. But so yeah, we love the podcast. We love our listeners and, um, yeah, it yeah. Us, they hold us accountable. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part is being able to connect with people. Like yeah. you just hear amazing stories and you hear how other people make their marriage work or like whatever, you know, yeah. whatever, however they got to where they are. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, if you guys can go through what you're, what you've been through, I'm pretty sure we could probably make it through whatever the heck we're going through. Yeah. Um, speaking of hot marriage though, air quotations headline from, I think Friday, I don't know how you feel about this. It says Friday? Jamie Otis oh, reveals she and her husband, Doug, oh, boy. haven't had sex since uh, birth of son. It's That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was okay, so Have I thought fun the having baby number two. <laughs> plug in the laptop. I, thought, I don't want it to die on us. Um, uh, 
but but yeah so it's true well it wasn't charging doug and i don't want (laughs) sorry i love this i love this right now what's happening was it charging doug i don't think it's charging i will answer i thought you guys were trying to uh show percentage oh it's one percent doug we really do i don't know what's going on wow (laughs) this is so exciting it's happening yeah. live. This is like this is happening live. We can wrap this up if you guys. That was kind of my last question, but that was your last question. That was it. Right. We, we we planned it. We planned it because of this headline. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh wait, hold on, hold on. Is that why? That is it. Oh, oh I heard it. I heard the. Yeah. yeah. Right. We can go back to the bed or stay here, whatever. I'll just stay yeah. here. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay. So it's true. Oh. We haven't had sex in. Well, we have now. Had didn't. Yeah. Twice. Honestly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> who's counting, right? <laughs> I, a lot of lonely nights in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. This is like, this is where it's TMI. And I, sometimes this is where it's a little uncomfortable when you, like, you guys can just read my, our headline, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah. So we haven't had sex. And I, I just met you. Um, she has HPV. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I don't know about for you, Sean, but for me, well, first of all, with the first baby, like I was definitely kind of, it was rough having sex after having our first yeah. Not It was not comfortable. I didn't, it was not the same down there. Um, it hurt to be honest. Like it, yeah. it just wasn't comfortable. And so, th- and then I had a home birth for our son and yes. he was bigger and he was nine pounds, four ounces and just like really not, sorry, mm-hmm. your ears. I feel like this is TMI. I'm just talking to Sean now, but um, it just really like, destroyed some things and so i was i just re- i was hurting like really really yeah. hurting was part of them and um and so i just got i got really scared to do it. and then i did i have this positive hpv diagnosis which requires you to go get a colposcopy and so they go in there and you know i'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not but andrew is yeah, yeah andrew no, <laughs> never heard um, that word in my life <laughs> <laughs> um they just like they just test your cells to make sure that it's not cancerous or even uh, cancerous. Yeah. and so mine turned out to be high risk um dysplasia which is indeed precancerous yep. and so you have to then go back and get something called a leap procedure and meanwhile when these things happen they, the doctor recommends that you don't insert anything into your vagina for six weeks because you need to heal afterwards yes so first i had a baby and i had to wait six or did i say six weeks i meant i'm sorry i meant two weeks so first i had a baby and i had to wait six weeks then i had the mm-hmm. colposcopy that adds two weeks and then i had the leap procedure that adds two weeks and then on top of that i'm not feeling like having no. sex like no. it's just I'm not like yeah. in the mood in any way, shape, or form. And rewind to while she was pregnant. Um, after after the loss that we had, um, yeah. our son Jonathan. And even like the other two losses. It like, is I was, scary yeah. to have, because the one time that we did have sex while, while Hendrix was, was in there, um, <laughs> You, she bled, you know, and it was yeah. like, which is somewhat normal. Yeah. But it like is that's, normal to bleed. That's, but it's scary. That's yeah. very scary. Yeah. But it was like a trigger for us because that was what happened with Jonathan and with our um, the second loss, the, yeah. the third loss we had. It was it was bleeding, like very light bleeding at first, and then it intensified. And so I was like, I don't know, I just didn't want that kind of anxiety. And so we just, and also, it's not like my libido was like through the roof. No, so I was like, okay. no. Well, you uh, have two kids, you're breastfeeding, you're healing and probably bleeding. I mean, there's just, 
a lot yeah. going on and you're just kind of wanting to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> just you, let Sean. me sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You get it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into when I read the headline yeah, out loud. So. I, I didn't know he was going to. So, um, But you guys yeah. are awesome. I feel like we need to have you back on because we could talk about a lot of different things. Um, final three questions. We ask every single person. Okay, sure. Who goes first, though? You have to choose before we, okay. we ask. Wait, what? Um, we, who who, <laughs> who wants to answer the questions first? Okay. I'll go first. So what is your biggest pet peeve with Doug? He hums a lot. He goes, mm-hmm. like he doesn't even know he's doing it. And he'll like, mm, and he'll like clunk around a lot. <laughs> okay, Doug, what's your biggest pet peeve with Jamie? Um, good job, Jamie. Are you oh, holding the computer oh, this whole time? Yeah. Yes. Um, Jeez, the arms are shaking. Yeah. Oh no, I'm holding, holding it. Not before, <laughs> we just had to but, move. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jamie leaves the door open when she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> not when I go poo, though. Only that that yeah. and, and she always wants a bite of my food. That's true too. Mm, yeah, I'm not a big share. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Jamie, what do you love the most about Doug? His, I mean, this could be a long question. I would say his patience. I would say his love and understanding and respect for for me and for our family. I mean, this could go on for a while, but um, mostly like I. Those are great. Say, the way that he loves like unconditionally and like doesn't, I don't know. He's just very loving and forgiving and patient and funny and mm. a great guy. <laughs> and Doug, what do you love the most about Jamie? Probably more. Um, I, I'm inspired by Jamie just with everything she's gone through and who she is today. The way that she loves family is really, really heartwarming to me. Um, and, but she also, I don't know if it's selfish to say this, but she makes me want to be the best person that I can be mm. because of how she is. Wow. I, uh, I, I feel like un- unconditional loves means something different when you guys say it. It's kind of cool. Just your story. It's yeah. like, wow, that's, it's really cool. It's powerful to say. Last thing I'm curious, if you had to put a timestamp on when each of you thought like, okay, we're married, but at this point, I really felt like I knew who they were. Like, what, what, what would that time length be? I don't know about you guys, but I feel like five. Do and a you half ever years. know? Like, no. I feel like you're always learning about someone, right? Yeah. Like, okay. I'll be like two years in, and I'm like, yeah, I really know him now. Like, I yeah. mean, even like a year in, I'm like, I really know him, and it's like, after, do I really yeah. know my husband? Because <laughs> yeah, I think it was after after we had had. Um, yeah, that's when it really kind of sunk in because. Mm. You know, we knew each other as, as, I mean, we started out as friends and then we fell in love. And then, you know, from, from there, we were living together anyway. Um, we waited till we got married to have sex. Um, and then, <laughs> you love saying that uh, corny joke. <laughs> and then, but then, then the last piece of that was, you know, having a baby and sharing that together. Yeah. And how you would be parenting and how you would mold somebody's life and, Mm. mold your life around that person I, I think that's when it was like that's when we I felt anyway that you know like this I I, I feel like we're in a really good place wow yeah. that's awesome Doug you're hilarious Jamie you're great 
so glad you guys gave us the time to talk. Really enjoyed this conversation. For those listening and want to find out more about Doug and Jamie, we'll link their information in the show notes down below. Um, We also did a podcast on, we've done now our second. So go check that out on their podcast called Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. And we'll talk later, guys. Thanks. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcast on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.